Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Real nice day out here, Cletus. Yes, sir, it is. You know, times like this, I'm glad we're out here in the middle of nowhere where them Wokens can't make us wear one of them silly old bandanas. <coughs> yes, sir, I hear that. Damn fools look like they're going a train robbing. You going train robbing, Cletus? <coughs> no, sir, I am not. Whole damn Coronas is a hoax anyway. <coughs> yeah, they're... Said something about how Trump's doctor said it was the devil come. Gentle Jesus, that's something. All these people out here fornicating with old Scratch, you say? Something about it, I did. <coughs> didn't quite follow it. Bunch of mess. Well, I, hey, uh, speaking of taking ill, is you all right, Cleet? You're all sweaty. Keep coughing, I notice. <coughs> well, I ain't got no devils in trouble, and I ain't been drinking no damn Mexican beer. <coughs> I know it. I only drank my homemade brew, Cletus Maynard's Mississippi Moonshine. It ain't nothing serious. Probably just my damn liver. Well, I know what'll make you feel better. Them boys at DC on screen done recorded a new episode. You know they talking about Stargirl season one. You always did like them. <coughs> now, hold on, Cletus. That that sounds serious. Now, lucky for you, I know mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. We need you up and healthy. Get that vote in for Trump. Let me just make sure I turn this here DC on screen on. Uh, he'll be sure to lift your spirits right after these messages. Welcome into DC on screen episode 609. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on the projects, upcoming and past. Always screw that up. And believe that every version, we believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it has been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, my trusty cohort, Jason Goss. Oh, good. I was bracing for whatever you were going to do to me. Oh, no, no. I've... It's been a busy week, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I literally just I copied and pasted like, this. Like, host, the man who abruptly steps away to clean a toilet. <laughs> no, I, you know, th- I, this was copied and pasted like two seconds before you called me. That's fair. So uh, it still says this, a feisty cherub of a man, Jason mm. Goss. So I, I couldn't use that because yeah. I used that a minute ago. But um, hey, man. Hey. <laughs> One day I'm going to get like a dignified one where you're going to be like, my co-host, the man who once beat Solomon Grundy into submission. I'm never going to get that, Emma. I mean, if I follow it up with, you know, in a hand job kind of way, you know, like, no, you're not. No. Oh, well. Sometimes I say nice things. It's a, it's a trifling matter. I'll be all right. Sometimes I say nice things. It's never really, really mean things, though. No, not particularly. It's always just like, you know, comedic. Weird, uh, you know, out, out of the uh, out of the ordinary things. Now, what I, what I love is when it, we're doing a news episode and it's something uh, regarding like a current thing that aired, and I haven't gotten to watch it yet. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> no fucking idea what you're talking about. Sometimes, yeah, those Just are fun for me. Absolutely clueless. <clears throat> <laughs> well, before we get into this uh, review of Star Girl season one, mm-hmm. I do want to thank the patrons. And uh, when we when we have a new news episode, which will be next week, because Fandom, Fandom yeah. is Saturday, yeah. and we've got a Discord that's set up now. People are already joining the Discord, mm-hmm. and um, you know they don't actually give you like a like a for real link that you can just like say. It's just all like random letters and shit. So yeah. Uh, if you want to email us at DC, uh, DC on screen at gmail.com, or you want to go over to our Twitter, DC on screen or our Facebook group, or it's, it's posted places. Uh, and I'm going to put it up. I'm going to put a link to it, uh, on uh, the DC on screen website, 
dconscreen.com. Hopefully by the time this is uh, this is released, I'll have gotten to that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, I want to thank the patrons. You guys are awesome, and when we have that news episode, I'll uh, I'll give you guys a proper shout out. The latest couple of patrons who have joined the ranks. Uh, I don't do it here because, quite frankly, I, you guys deserve more. <laughs> and our review episodes get, I don't know, two if or three hundred. Yeah, if you don't watch the show, listeners. you don't really want, <laughs> listen to the review generally. Yeah, yeah, we we get lower listens on these. So if if we had if we had anything, we would call like the the main the I don't know the main feed of our show would be the news mm-hmm. episodes. So that's At where it that goes. Yeah. So. Thank you, though, to the patrons. $1 gets you the weekly show ad-free. $5 gets you that, plus Marvel Reviews, uh, How Now, Jason's Pull List, Warm Ups, Chasing Squirrels. Uh, and I'm I'm working on something. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a little something. I have an intro and an mm-hmm. outro, brand new. Mm-hmm. Intro and outro for a uh, compilation of every old Witter Woman segment we've had on this show. <laughs> And I want to stress, I I am not the old Witter Woman. Mm-mm, Jason not. is not the old Witter Woman. I can't get my voice that high. I can, but mm. it's still not me. <laughs> I had to go through back channels. I had to find my way to the old Witter Woman yeah. and request an intro. And she not only gave me an intro, she gave me an outro. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited because... I don't know why I meticulously kept those Witter Woman voicemails so intact. Like, I knew exactly, like, which ones were which and where. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. And uh-huh. I, I, I promise you some people are straight up mad you did. I know. And Witter Woman is such a peach, man. She actually provided transcriptions. Yeah, that was pretty solid. So we actually have, like, transcripts and translations mm-hmm. for what the old Witter Woman is saying. Nice. And it's... uh. It's really nice. So I don't, I don't know, man. That's that's for that's gonna be for the patrons. <laughs> I feel, I feel like Eli Hernandez just went screw this. I'm done with these guys. Yeah, we're gonna lose five people <laughs> off the top. <laughs> Please don't go away. We're putting it on Patreon. Come yeah. on. Anyway, uh, if you don't want to. Or if you can't, uh, help <laughs> in the Patreon department, which is the best way to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps us the most. Uh, please consider throwing us a uh, a positive iTunes or Apple podcast review, whatever, whatever it is called these days. I don't know. I'm old. Just embrace it, Dave. Embrace it. Embrace the, the age. Anyway, let's get into the Stargirl review. Uh, <laughs> I mince no words yeah. up front. I love this show. That was great. It was a great season. It was a fantastic season. It was a short season. It was incredibly focused. Mm-hmm. Um, every actor did a fantastic job. Uh, the only character I didn't like was uh, Mike Dugan. And he mm. was just kind of a little skis ball of a kid. But even by the end, I was like, all right. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> earned his way. Um, the people that I didn't like otherwise were people I feel like I was supposed to not like like the villains yeah um man i i dug it parents icicles parents yeah i dude i dug it though because i i really liked how they handled the young justice society uh coming into their own and 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 coming together um and i really liked that they weren't really the young justice society they were infinity inc Mm, if yeah. if you know the comics, they were Infinity Inc. But <laughs> <laughs> but I liked that. I was like, oh, that's neat. They're, they got Yolanda. Oh, okay. They got Beth. Okay, cool. Um, and I thought that it was brilliant the way they kind of like threw us under the bus a little bit with that with that uh, with that trick there because they're like they totally built up. Like if you know the books, you know Henry King is Brainwave Junior. We, we know that he's part of Infinity Inc. He's a good guy. And then for them to kill him. Killed him dead. Su- was such a blow. And just for a second, when Brainwave was pretending to be him, I was just like, oh, crap. This show just, uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, Yolanda <laughs> just, just, oh, oh, God. She just killed him. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was Brainwave. Oh. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I really liked 
that uh, I really liked the entire journey for, for Courtney. I liked that Starman was not her father. If they undo that, now that we see Joel McHale back at the, at, at, or at, that he's still alive, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that her dad was just kind of a piece of shit. And it gave me so much joy to see uh, Luke Wilson punch him. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't hurt my feelings one bit. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm just kind of rattling. What, what, what no, you got, no, no. man? What I mean, you... uh, from the, I mean, well, going from the start, uh, which seems appropriate in a way, like the, the mm-hmm. show came out swinging. It did. I mean, that first scene is just, uh, it's a, I don't even, I don't remember how many names were dropped in the first scene, but it was just, Everywhere I turned, there was somebody like a, a, a new kind of big name, especially for uh, early JSA kind of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, they was, it was a very inclusive scene. I, I guess I'll, I'll put it. You get, they, they must have crammed like what, 15 or 20 different high high end properties just in there. Oh, yeah. If not more. Um, well, it's the Justice Society. I wouldn't call any of them high end necessarily. But. <laughs> Recognizable I mean, properties, I'll call look, it. Look, dude. <laughs> I'm not, and that's not a dig at the Justice Society. I'm just saying they're not the Justice League. The Silver Age is what really took off, as far as yeah, it was a lot of those lower end characters. Not the most popular at the moment, but um, definitely for their time, super popular. But yeah, they they brought in a lot of stuff, a lot of heavy hitters, at least uh, for the time period they were dealing with early on, Mm -hmm. and then dismantled it very quickly, Um, which I was okay with. I kind of was. I kind of was. Uh, well, it got it got you to a spot very quickly. Like you, you, you know what's going on. You know how powerful the, uh, you know ISA is. Mm-hmm. You, you know what you're dealing with, and you know you knew who won when it came down to it. So I, I just like that we got to start off with something that, um, that grand. And then, yeah. like you said, the team building coming up after that, like episode to episode, seeing the the team have to be built piece by piece. Uh, the the you know the trust in the team or between the team members getting built piece by piece as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all, it was a nice slow build. And yeah. I like that they they keep the the like old timey aesthetic just because of who Pat Dugan is, not because it's actually set in the past. Yeah, yeah, that was neat. Like, well, that I they really kind of, they, appreciated that. It's clearly you know that the the show's happening in 2019, 20 well I guess twenty nineteen maybe anyway, but the show's current. But they also mm-hmm. moved to this tiny little town in uh, what, Nebraska that is just, I mean, we have towns like that in Alabama where you could mm-hmm. you could have dropped me off there. And unless I saw a car, that was, if I saw a Tesla coming through, I would be astounded. Yeah. Um, you know, the logo on, on City Hall will still have like a horse and carriage painted on somewhere. We, have, mm-hmm. we, we legit have stuff like that where you can tell like the town library was, you know, maybe crowdsourced. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, yeah, I'm looking at you, Springle. Um, yeah, like it. I, I kind of I, I I get that. I like I I just know that personally that you can. There's mm-hmm. there's places like that where it seems like they're stuck in time, uh, for better or worse. And it does create a certain aesthetic, though. It really does. Where like when he's sitting around fixing classic cars, it, you know, honestly, if they'd put it in a normal situation, it would have been a little bit of a like, okay, come on, how do you set up a classic car service in just a random town and you're gonna get away with like that's a niche. Some part of me was like, no, you know, in this town, I bet they have classic cars. I bet there's a high percentage of the population that has classic cars. Yeah. He's probably got decent business. You moved to that town because it looks like a town out of the 50s. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It had it, it definitely had a, a feel to it that, I don't know, it fit in really well. Even uh, we were <laughs> in the uh, the wife and I, as I mentioned several times, this is one of the shows that uh, short of the finales, which we couldn't coordinate together. So I watched them alone. Um we watched it together, and we had we, there were a couple times where we paused it to look at their kitchen equipment mm-hmm. because I I would just pause and was like, dude, that look at that set design that is that is Robin's egg blue back there. Yeah, and then they'd have the uh, I forget what the name is. That's the green equivalent of that. Like it's not quite sea foam. It's not uh, it's not avocado or anything like that. Like that was a little bit later. The seventies were avocado, like where you could find mm-hmm. green toilets and shit like that. Yeah, Ugh, but, but you know color. the color I'm talking about. It's like the green version of that. But yeah, like they they had all I of think that it in is the foam, but you know maybe. But yeah, it was all in that kitchen. It all looked uh, fantastically retro. Kind of dug it. I, I I had to admit, like the I liked the I like that old style, like that old Rocket Man kind of style, the Rocketeer yeah. kind of style. Yeah, if you take out the racism, I love that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a requisite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But as it was, yeah. <laughs> if I can just, I just remove I feel all the need, I yeah, I feel like I need to to make like because I'm oh, I'd love to live in that era, except for the lynching. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. But I, that's I love that aesthetic. I know? don't want any signs that say whites only to still remain. Right. Um. That that that'll have to go. Right. Oh, speaking of, uh, I, can I get right to one of my favorite moments? Because why the hell not? Absolutely. Um, yeah, your show is well as mine. I, whatever <laughs> you, I don't care. With permission, I'll I'll go ahead and mention it. Um, <laughs> you can talk about grilled cheese for all I care. Yeah, dude. We how? I mean, I laughed. I laughed a little bit when they finally get to the manifesto. Uh huh. I enjoyed this bit. They get to the manifesto. That was fantastic. And like. Are you uh, sure we're the good environmental guys? Environmental protections, <laughs> universal health care, um, eliminate racism. Like, we should, <laughs> I enjoyed that. You have to get to the footnotes, yeah. the fine print where they're like, well, about a quarter of the people that we try to do won't, won't make it, but this is great. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Okay. And then even, uh, honestly, it flavored a little bit the rest of that. Uh, I'm just going to call it, refer to that as an episode because I can't remember which happened in part one, part two, and it kind of doesn't matter. Um for the rest of that episode, it, it every time they'd mention, like, all oh, these people are going to die, and I, some part of me was like, well, but. <laughs> yeah. It, There's it, a pragmatist in me that's like, mm, Icicle's making some points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I, I liked how they weren't really, it didn't seem like they were trying to make any kind of case for, like, you can't do this to humanity. You can't, you know. To force people to think the way you want them to no, think. No, no, people yeah, like have it, to be free. Like they never tried to make that case. It was it, just like uh, the at no, worlds you know, in speech. Uh, too many I'll people are going to die. You remember the at worlds in speech? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, ba- it's basically like well, we're we're literally just here to make to make your your planet better and more peaceful. Well, fuck yeah, <laughs> like, that's it. I mean, that's the gist of it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're humans. We'll fucking fight when we want to. All that shit. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a it was a really good turn for a lot of reasons, and my favorite of among them was that there was absolutely no reason to think it existed until the moment they brought it up. They, I don't remember a drop of foreshadowing that they weren't absolutely evil. Like everything yeah. in the show pointed toward yes, they want all this power, and they want it solely for the sake of power. Like they, at no point did they mention, oh yeah, by the way, we're actually going to try to improve things. Well, I mean. We kind of have had vague mentions of it where they're like, oh, man, we're going to do like the world is going to be a better place. Oh, it's, it's going to be so, so wonderful as we after we take over everything. It's like, like going to be my vision for the world. You they know? do. But, you know, in, in the in the normal parlance, when a bad guy's talking about that, you, you, you know, damn well, they're just talking about like a, an authoritarian kind of they're not trying to actually make it better. They're just going to make it better under their under their rule. That's it. Well, but yeah, but you know, I feel like Icicle was one of those guys. Like he genuinely felt like, no, I'm the good guy here. Like you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. There's that 25 percent of the population that's gonna die. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like when he was, when, even when he's given his uh, his speech, when he's ready to throw her over the uh, top of the tower, there. But I, like I said, it it was the rest of the episode. I, I kind of thought, you know, I know the 25 million's bad, but. <laughs> <laughs> I kind right. of agree with them, but but can we talk about this? Yeah. Like which twenty five million? <laughs> like, yeah, a little bit. Only the most willful of them, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, no. that was the other thing. It was like part of me wanted to be like, okay, if this was me in the show, I'm uh-huh. I'm Stargirl. I hear that this is the manifesto. Mm-hmm. Part of me what would would want to be like. There's a part of me that would would just want to be like, okay, hold on now, hold on. I just thought they were actually evil. They're just deeply misguided. Like, I would almost want to go find Icicle immediately and be like, we just need to talk. You have great plans. We just need to get some people involved. You can't kill 25 million people to do it. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure some of them are just really evil. You know, like <sighs> like uh, the the guy with the, the fat southern guy. God, I can't the gambler's name. Yeah. Yeah. The gambler. I'm pretty sure he's just like, mm, that all sounds good to me. People going to die, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded like they gave him enough money where he's like, yeah, okay, sure. We'll do the rest of that too. How much money do I get? Okay. Well, and then, you know, Ocean Master and, and uh, is, it, uh, is it Tigers? 
uh, yeah, I think so. I was maybe on that for a second. God, I feel like I should look up which one she was, which version she actually was. Do 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 do. I may just go ahead and write down that time, and I'll just say that again. We should probably have known that. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're we're gonna call that a cut. Yeah, she was Tigress. Tigress. Okay. In the case of like Ocean Master and Tigress, uh, as as uh, Ocean Master or Sports Master, Sports Master and Tigress, <laughs> uh, or Miss Busy elsewhere. Um, yeah. So in in the case of of uh, Sports Master and Tigress, yeah, uh, the absolute sadists. They they were jackals the entire time. You know, I loved them. They I mean they were compelling to watch. Yeah, but uh. And hey, who doesn't like seeing that little trick where you toss the bat behind your back? You know, that's always cool. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, sadists. Yeah, they're actually evil. They're, they're just genuinely bad people. Am, am I crazy or did they have a daughter named Artemis? Um, pretty show. Sure. Yeah. I don't remember how much I saw her, but I remember the name being dropped. Yeah, that, I was pretty sure that that name got dropped and I was excited. I mean, I know their parents. That's why they kill the, uh, the fiddler lady, uh, Bowen. I can't remember her first name. Yeah. Yeah, but um, and I just loved how quick that went down because she was at like like oh I'm gonna take you pieces of shit down you did this and that bam no take dead. you down a neck you, down a down a peg you how dare you you say this blood dead yeah that was well, so that was wholly satisfying to it, me it was in a way like but also it seemed very true like why would you walk up to two absolutely cold blooded killers who enjoy the act of doing so by the way and literally with no backup. With without even your weapon drawn, you're gonna sit there and call them bad parents and yeah. expect to walk away. Fuck! Are you kidding me? You're dead. You're yeah. dead all day. I feel like they they just kind of showed up and yeah. the the rest of the society was like, what happened to what what happened to the fiddler? She called us bad parents. We had to take <laughs> her out. <sighs> okay, that would have been my call. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, Whatever. I, at, to, at, at some point, if if you're uh, if you if you're Jordan, at some point you're like, you know what? Fool me once, I should have known. I should have known not to send her in there with you two. I should have known you would have killed her because you're mm-hmm. uh, goddamn hyenas and can't be trusted. <laughs> so that's this is on me, really, when it comes down. To it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, run a whole group of supervillains. What do you want? <laughs> They're bound They're to turn gonna each kill each other at some, some point. point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to that I, end, to that end, this is this cracked me up a little bit in the finale. Watching, like, how many, like, they might have been able to finish this plan up had they not killed each other. But they were down Maybe. in ranks. They were. They were down but a magician. I really, <laughs> dude. I really love that concept, though. That. All these supervillains just kind of took over a town, and now they're like school administrators and soccer moms, and they're all just kind of gym piss. They're <laughs> all just kind of gym down the street. Yeah, absolutely, and they're all just kind of pissed off when you you know deign to insult their child. I I dig it. <sighs> yeah. I like it. I've seen suburban parents. They're awful. Oh yeah. Um, well, it's the kind of thing like if if you're <laughs> that kind of person all, anyway. Out of that context, you might also kill somebody for insulting uh, for insulting you or your parenting skills or anything in between. But definitely in that environment. Oh, she, she was dead, man. She was gone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've they, seen they, they, they might parents have run out on the, the new JSA had they not killed each other before. I mean, I don't know what Gambler was going to do about it. Run away. He was going to sit around eating fried Twinkies and <laughs> accruing wealth. That's what he was going to yeah, do. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I could see him. There's a line I learned so I heard somewhere in uh, D&D is for nerds that always cracked me up. But uh, this guy who's kind of like him, just very, uh, you know, it's a, it's a D&D role playing game, obviously. So one, it's this character who's just shady as hell. Like he's got to deal with every faction in town. He owes twice what he'd ever earned in a lifetime to everybody. You know, it's just one of those guys. But he just mm-hmm. always just by the just manages to squeak out of it. And, you know, frankly, most of the time it's just he gets really good dice rolls and manages like. Like the whole time the dungeon master's just like, how are you fucking doing this? He's like, I don't know. Roll a 20. What do you want? Um, <laughs> I seduced the entire crowd at once. What do you want from me? Um, anyway, so he, he's there's like an end scene where everything works out finally. He manages to get himself out of trouble. 
and he's manages he manages to zero his debt. He's no one's trying to kill him for once. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a crowd gathers, and it, it just the the character playing him is just like, well, so what do you want to do? And he's like, eh, crowd's getting a bit antsy. I think I'm gonna shuffle off. <laughs> I was like, that's the gambler right there. That there's a moment where the the gambler's like, mm, crowd's getting a bit antsy. I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna head out of here. But he does it in the Kentucky Fried Chicken accent. <laughs> that guy made my kin my my kin my skin crawl every time I saw him. <laughs> he should. Like, yeah. He should. Like oh, that dude has great. child porn on his computer. Oh. You don't oh. get to that you don't get that vibe. You don't get that vibe off him. I got the vibe. I just didn't want to say it out loud. <laughs> He's definitely got it. I think so. Um I'm glad they went ahead and, and let uh Barbara in on the uh on the situation. Yeah, that would have been I mean we watch so many shows like this that at some point I just run out of patience for <laughs> the keeping people out of the loop storyline, even though I know oh, it has yeah. to be there to some extent. But I, yeah. I run, I, I'm, there are moments where I'm just out of runway for that. You know what I mean? Yep. So I get it. But it, yeah, I thought they did it pretty pretty swiftly, all things considered. And um, she she turned it around pretty quick. She, what was that? Within like the course of two episodes, she was on board? Yeah. That's not speaking too bad. of Speaking of Swift, mm-hmm. Dick Swift, man. Richard Swift. That like They get, oh, Shade. That reveal, that reveal that he was in that painting the whole time. (laughs) Oh, I've seen him in the painting. (laughs) I had not. I've definitely seen him. him Well, I don't know. All right. Just looking back, I cannot, I can't recall if I actually saw him in the painting as it sits behind their giant evil table. Uh Uh-huh. The evil conference room number one or whatever the fuck they're calling. I don't remember specifically if he's in the painting right there where you can see him. Uh-huh. I do know that in several of the pictures I saw posted uh, several places, he is very clearly there. Like, no doubt about it. There's okay. There's an actor there. Yeah, I had totally forgotten that he was even in the JSA. Like, if they had seen, if we had seen him in that, if if we did see him in that opening episode, and maybe we did in that, you know, in that opening fight, there might be J- like a Justice plume Society. of shadow somewhere that we didn't catch. Like I said, yeah, a bunch of names got dropped at the time. But. Yeah. I was just, you know, trying to take it all in. Yeah, I could have watched it a few it, times. It, I, but I feel like they purposefully did not. I feel like they didn't mention him on purpose. Like again, like throughout the entire show, to drop that twist on me. They're like, ah, oh, he's still around. Yeah, and I was excited for it. It was like, ah, oh, shit, ah. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that I was just a little bit confounded by uh, toward the end of this is. I don't actually recall, especially in season one, I don't know if mm-hmm. I recall a team of do-gooders ever winning so thoroughly at the end. <laughs> I mean, they won the fuck out of this. Well, sort of. Like, everybody else is dead. They destroy the machine. I mean, enough that, like, they had... Well, especially... Oh, all right. part that really got me where, <laughs> where I was like, what are they going to do for the rest of this episode? And then they found something to do. It was... It was I just... It was like 15, maybe 20 minutes into the very last episode. And Yolanda yeah. just shanks brainwave. And I was like, well, you don't even have to. I don't I don't know. Like, that's it. That's game over. That's checkmate. We're done here. Mm. Like, yeah, they need to go break the hold, I guess. Um, but kind of like a bit of an afterthought. Like, without brainwave, it's over. I like I like that Mike got the death knell for, for Icicle. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded seeing him again. He's a good villain um, and a good actor, but uh, I'm good with him gone. But I was okay with him going. It was fine. I, you know, I was like, "Hey, you gonna turn, turn into ice? Yeah, somebody can just run you over, dude. Sorry, he just shatter." Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I. By the way, I loved that Icicle's wife was totally about it. She's like on her deathbed, and she's like, now "You go rule that world now." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Delirious. I just dug it. Copious amounts of morphine. Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. I mean, she, no, she was just like, no, man, don't let this detract you from, from our plan. Our plan yeah. was to, you know, take out that 25% and make this world a paradise. Like, yeah. That's well, as he fantastic. mentions later, you don't know my wife. Yeah. I loved that too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I tell you, I mean, like, of that, of, of all of that scene, what I, what I loved the most was, uh, just how happy that dog looked when he pulled up in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> just... He just mowed somebody in the street down and the dog. Yeah. What's up, guys? 
hey, that's my family over there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I did not mind things getting wrapped up. I, but you know, I, I didn't feel like, um, I didn't mind it. I just don't know if I've ever seen it so thoroughly wrapped up, but I don't believe that not even wrapped up, but you know, you said you, you hadn't seen anyone or good guys win so thoroughly at the end of a season. Yeah. But I don't feel like they did. What's left on the table? Well, first of all, I feel like they, they, they lost. Henry, they lost Brainwave Jr. He was murdered by his own father. That's a tremendous loss. It is, kind of. That is a tremendous loss for the good guys. It is, Um, but uh, it's also like in terms of screen time, I mean, he he was there, he was a loss, and he's gone. But it's not, I mean, the only one who had a truly, like any kind of real connection was Yolanda, and they've... They had a, a storied history, to put it very mildly. By the way, fuck her family also. Just a Absolutely. quick side note. But, you know, to be fair, Courtney had developed something of a relationship with him when she thought that they, they had were a rapport, cousins. for sure. Yeah. Um, well, he, there was that. Yeah, I forgot about that. But m- more importantly. They had a hug. That was great. That's, that's well, true. They had a hug. But more importantly, the audience, we had a relationship with him because he loved his dad no matter what. Even after he found out his dad was a piece of shit. Then sure. he's like, I'm going to try to this out, trying to point out that there is good in people. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, he we had a saw good arc, him, but also when, when yes. it came to the end of his arc, I was like, okay, well, they, you know, he died good. So they say like that this, this, it had purpose, it had meaning and his death, his death was like I said, meaningful. I but it gave the it. show it gave the show stakes. He was a good guy at the end. Uh, he was actively trying to help them, and you know Yolanda uh, certainly had uh, a relationship with him and uh, felt the need to uh, get revenge for his death. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was solid, and I thought it was uh, you know a very good uh, example of of how uh you know this is a dangerous game you can't just go in as superheroes and always win the day like they yeah, watch this isn't like super best friends i mean people yeah. are, people aren't going to come home yeah um, i get that and, and it and, was really and, useful for that but also it didn't leave anything unraveled for me by the end of the season i felt like it was perfectly used and i was you know i was good with that story where it left it especially but, at um, the end when the the big reveal of brainwave is you know he says uh, your friends instead of our friends mm-hmm. really drove the point home there yeah, and man, she just she just cut a motherfucker. I know, and that's that's just, another thing. Oof. That's gonna be a, an issue for Yolanda moving forward. I d- don't don't yeah, like, dismiss that. Like she murdered ten minutes somebody. before, she literally says that you know God's the one who decides that murder's bad. Yeah, until she ripped out somebody's jugular. I mean, just oof, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> brutal. So I mean, we enough have, where I was like, there's got to be another trick coming, right? Like, yeah, like she just killed him that fast. Jesus. So that is not a win for her. That is going to have consequences. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, Beth lost Chuck. I feel like they insisted that they're going to fix that. And I believe them. So that is, that is definitely something to deal with. But I'm not particularly worried about Chuck. Although it was it. it I get why she was torn up about it. Like <laughs> Chuck's last words are like, please, Beth, help me. And then he he had that harrowing scream. Yeah, like he's he uh and this is right after they declared each other best pals. Which is a yeah. bit silly until one of them dies 10 minutes later. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they did a really good job with that. They did. Uh you know, and not that it can't be, you know, reconstructed, but Stripe took a a major hit, you know, took a good beating. Yeah. Yeah, legs but, ripped off and shit. We saw it a few minutes later as he was flying around with with Courtney at the uh, six months later. Yeah, he, he, but, um, he clearly found some parts for that. Um, by the way, that was one of the most nerve wracking parts of uh, of the show, maybe for me, was watching. I mean, just imagining being inside that shell as it gets ripped apart and Grundy's what you're going to face when he finally gets to the the middle of that Tootsie Roll man or Tootsie Pop uh-huh. or whatever. Um, ooh. Like and, and they did such a good job because you're just like, oh, they saved Grundy for last. Grundy's a badass. He's ripping Stripe apart. And oh, my gosh, he's about to kill. He's about to kill Pat. And I wonder if you, they really would for a second. And then, you know, that you have, what was it? Uh, Rick, you know, Rick, our, yeah. Uh, yeah, our man just started beating mm-hmm. the shit out of him. And then you feel bad for Grundy because he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot Grundy. It was a good like, so, like, Rick He went from, been... like, 
He went from like total like Hulk mode to the Grundy that Batman gives a turkey dinner to in, in Long Halloween. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Leaves in one of his haunts. Like I uh I was back and forth on Rick. I because I, I I he he just I don't know. He 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 was so angry the whole time that like it seemed very one note a little bit at times where I was like, okay, I get mm-hmm. it. You're angry, buddy. I, I understand. And I understand why. But they um they didn't spend too much time really uh really exploring his, his character very much. Which again, that's plenty to do for season two. Um, that's fine. Yeah. Because I say that, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. Because one of the things that I really appreciated about the show is like what you said up front. It had focus. It didn't try to do everything all at once. It right. had a, it had a plan. It had a story. It brought its people on. We can deal with their backstory later. That's fine. And you know, Rick is just an angry teenager whose parents died, and he's been stuck living with his asshole uncle. I mean, it's pretty clear. I don't yeah. need a whole like in depth analysis. That was no, a, no, no. I mean, I get those the, five minutes the of the show were plenty. <laughs> yeah, the nuts and bolts are not a mystery to me. But, like, what he could do, like, what other, uh, not powers or anything. I mean, just, like, what other aspects of his personality remain unexplored. There's plenty more, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Like, he, but um, he uh, he finally won me over, though, at the end, though. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I finally felt like I saw some depth out of him that I hadn't seen yet in the season. When he's, he finally does. He just, he beats him into submission. Like, even Grundy's, like, I just, I can't go any further. Yeah. And he's just, fight back, you know, the whole thing. I, I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah. That I, was, was I was rooting for him more than... Then I had the rest of the season. That was solid. You know who I'm not looking forward to? Oh, by the way, one quick thing. The only thing that I regretted about that is that I kind of have always wanted to see what would actually happen if you literally did pulverize Grundy's head. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I guess we'll never know now. All right, what you got? <laughs> I am not looking forward to more of Tuba Turd. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a weird, weird character, and I would be perfectly happy if we just never saw him again. Yeah, I would I would be okay with that. Like, he it, wasn't even, like, he was painful. Just it painful. was. It, and it, it's always weird for me. Like, if it, I don't, I, it's hard to explain, because in this situation, he's being bullied, and I'm going to root for him. Sure. But there's a part of me that's like, ah, oh, you sniveling little, come on, man. <laughs> like, like, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to describe that or make that right. For, for me personally, I don't know how to explain it. But yeah, there's some yeah. part of me that just did not like him in, uh, to begin with. Yeah, I was and just the phrase "tubitur" annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> Why Come would on, it annoy you can't you, you can't write something better as an insult than that? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> uh, I, and now I enjoy him more knowing that he annoyed you that much. He did. He did. But it had a lot to do with that. It just had a lot to do with that very, very stupidly sophomoric insult. Oh, I mean, you know, it's and not you know, like... you can tell me like, oh, well, they're in high school. You know what? Fuck that. High schoolers are more creative. I was there, and they were more creative about the insults than that. Those sometimes. fuckers can get right to your soul. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes they have lazy writers too. Yeah, I knew plenty of people who were. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. There was always that. <laughs> oh, oh, and man. I know this is a very simple thing, but it did annoy me. Like his his uniform was ripped when he was talking to his mother, and then the next day when he's beating the guy with the tube, his uniform was fine. Well, I'm sure his uh, his mother put into some put the fear of God into some people to fix that. Maybe, but in my experience in high school, you had one of those things. It smelled terrible, and you had to wash it over and over again. That's what I remember <laughs> from high school. I mean, sure, but this is a town run by supervillains. She's one of them. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure she had so, the cleaners on on notice. Get that shit fixed. Yeah. Notice your ass. I will play at you really fast. <laughs> Trust me, it's more it's more threatening than it sounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, I you know I God, they even did a good job of making me care about the cosmic staff as a character. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of, he she whatever uh, had a lot of personality. It did. This is just all around a really good season. And that I was, uh, if did you? All right. So you didn't like Mike altogether that much, but did you feel for him like annoying. when he when he grabs the staff and it does nothing? Like ah, oh, my heart broke a little bit for him. It didn't for me. I was just like, yes, right. <laughs> You're not special, jackass. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> like stop being a 25 year old, eight year old. You <laughs> well, weird you know, child. Eh, I get that, but. I also, I mean, realistically, like, you, you grow up fast in broken homes, so. 
Mm-hmm. Eh, I'm not. Uh, I can I can deal with that. Yeah, he's just a bit of a creep. But like it it did remind me like is there not like ever most people remember a time where they're like man I just wish I was special like that like most kids go through a little phase where they're like oh, if I just had like any kind of superpower I don't care this be most kids I say that every day <laughs> yes that's true um, yeah I it, but it, must, it it felt particularly poignant to know because uh, he's sitting there he's sitting there kind of having to try to justify it to himself like well maybe it could have been me if blah 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 and it was like this is this is pathetic in a way that, like, I identify with way too much. This hurts me personally. Yeah, no, I was good. I was like, yeah, that's right. Felt personally attacked. <laughs> the cosmic staff doesn't like you. <laughs> I was kind of, I was a little bit like, oh, come on, staff, you could have, like, blinked at him or something. Just give the give the kid some hope. Nothing. Oh. Yeah. Did you pop his balloon next, you fucking rod? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah but yeah no they did a great job this season i really liked watching watching the justice society eat their own i really liked seeing uh you know courtney and eat pat. their own is a good way to phrase it yeah yeah uh, i like to see courtney and pat like i really enjoyed her like just being so insistent that Starman was her dad i knew that there was no way they were gonna let that ride for the whole season yeah um but I was also, and I really hope they don't kind of go back on that now because I really like the idea that, like, no, it's not about lineage; it's about you know characters, about who you are. Um, yeah, I mean, they could go back. I mean, there's no they reason. Could. I don't remember them saying anything so definitive that they couldn't just say later that that guy thought he was the dad and was shitty mm-hmm. at being a dad, even though he wasn't actually the dad. Yeah. Like, even if that guy thought he was the dad and acted that way, yeah, he still needs punched. Or, alternative, he could just, maybe he knows he's not, and he's still shitty at that. I mean, yeah. either way, the guy's getting punched. Yeah. But you could work it in. Speaking of, though, since we've since we brought up Joel McHale's triumphant return, mm-hmm. um, it's something, because I love that guy so much, it's something I mm-hmm. tried not to be uh, actively disappointed at, that they didn't have more of him in the season. Uh-huh. Um, it's just not fair to hold the... Lack of Jeff Winger, um, hold that show accountable for it, right? But um, you know, now that he's back. What do you what do you think? Like, is it really him? Because you know, that was that was a while back, and he still looks pretty good. Yeah, he do. Like, what are, what are we dealing with here? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, they could do. There was uh, there were things in the comics they tried to you know manipulate where they or they said like oh well this is the reason they were exposed to blah blah and now the, the j the, the jsa not having aged very much in several decades was he a thing did. in the comics well they were they, that was a thing in the comics though for a while well sure but they aged um, him in the show i mean it, sure they could have been more substantial about it but i don't think that was where they were going to spend all their money but you know they didn't really age pat that much either no, not really. But it's kind of like that, uh, I, I didn't, it didn't strike me as that weird. Like, there's a period between, you know, if you're kind of remaining relatively healthy, which clearly a lot of them did, there's a period in your 30s and 40s where you just look the same for 20 years. Right. Of course, hey. they could always, like, Courtney could always be like, you know, you haven't really aged that much. And he's just like, yeah, well, we know this guy named Niles Calder. <laughs> <laughs> Makes great flapjacks. <laughs> It made me say, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of in-universe explanations that are possible. Um, but, it, you know, for purposes of this show, they they did they are clearly a little bit younger in the early, like the first episode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, that big, the big reveal of Eclipso at the end. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one for a sec. Yeah. On I mean, what is already a pretty deadly little girl. Um, yeah. The the pre specter wrath of God, yeah. <laughs> angel of vengeance, <laughs> trapped in the heart of darkness, uh, literally filed away in a dusty room. I don't I don't know what to do with that exactly. Where did she get that from? I didn't I didn't catch it. Did you? I mean, it was just like a. It was in. It was in like the. I thought it was in the JSA building. I mean, the I, JSA. The, the, the ISA building. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I ISA guess so. Did. But it looked like an old records room. Like it looked like they'd have. I mean, old photographs next to it or some shit. Yeah, I mean, was it just like you know some sort of filing 
room, some sort of like trophy room. Like I, she skimmed past, you know, receipts from Home Depot where they did a renovation on the layer at some point. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, Clipso, right there. <laughs> we, we need to hide this, yeah. this uh, black diamond. <laughs> yeah. Make sure this crazy bastard from Jim World doesn't get out. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, <laughs> well, it's, it's good logic. Like, where would you hide the most important thing? Well, do you put it on a pedestal in the middle and attract all the magpies and catwomans? No, 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 no. Let's hide it in the most mundane place we can think of. Catwomen. <laughs> whatever. Um, you don't want to like, you can no, attract that, attention. That, that's, pr- that's, that's pretty standard. Oh. That is pretty standard. I can't just let you go catwomans. What the hell, man? <laughs> I meant I let a lot. Woman. I let a lot of shit slide on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Catwomans. Oh. Um. <laughs> one day I'll understand why my my brain polarized it that way instead of the other. But whatever. Um, <laughs> probably an autopsy. Probably at the time of autopsy, we'll understand that. Look, I know that or I'm, diagnosis. I know, mm, there's a possibility. I, um, I know that I'm. I'm stretching but uh-huh. there there was a bit where eclipso was like sent back to jim jim world by john constantine i just really i would just love to see matt ryan <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know oh, this is earth two i know this is earth two so it, it might be a completely different constantine or it would be a completely different con- i don't care i just want to see him yeah yeah oh i get that but I, I still some, want my somebody Bobby like a Kipling. Constantine would be a lot of fun on this show. I still want to see my Constantine Kipling well, sure. team up. Sure, I don't blame you. But um, yeah, hiding it somewhere mundane like that makes sense to me. Was my point. Mm-hmm. I mean, where? Like, why would you ever look there? I don't understand. There's maybe a, that's uh, the point. I've seen a joke somewhere. It's like an old Tumblr joke now, um, where somebody's like, you know, what would be a really good a really good place to hide like nuclear codes is in the uh, story part of the recipe section of uh, on a website. Uh-huh. Which is actually kind of true. And then um, I think the response somewhere is, is like, hey, so that's actually the plot of a Metal Gear <laughs> game? Oh, okay. Apparently that is a plot point somewhere. Huh. But it makes sense. I've never read one of those in my life. Yeah, me either. I was happy. At some point, those websites uh, installed the jump to recipe uh, button. Yeah. I'm like, can you just show me how much damn butter I have to buy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then still you do jump to recipe and it scrolls immediately to the top part of that. And and the top part is like list of possible substitute ingredients for every possible food allergen that could possibly mm-hmm. come up with their recipe. Just give me the normal one. I will adjust afterward. I just want to make a fucking waffle. All right. Here's the normal one. Nope. Yeah. Can't have that. Nope. Can't have that. Nope. Can't have that. Nope. Can't have that. No and one, diabetes. No one in my house has a gluten problem. Just show me how to make a waffle. <laughs> I want to make a waffle, but with no carbs. <laughs> what you do is you say the word waffle and go, mmm. That's all you got. <laughs> if you're feeling sporty, you say maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, man, they did. They did a really good, a really great job, though. Uh, everybody did a really good job acting. Everyone, or the, they did a great job of showing me why I should care about every character on the show. Yeah, everybody got their play. Um, I even liked Mike. Felt bad for him a little bit by the end, not because he couldn't be a star boy or whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I, I like, mean, they wouldn't yeah, have had just, to modify the costume as much. Actually, that's just, not true. Good. You Lord. know, you, imagine how much that would have actually would have been more. Because yeah. what's what's Mike worth? Like four three, maybe? Maybe. Joel McHale's like eight five. <laughs> I mean, <you'd> to, <laughs> he's, he's a giant man. Let me let me tell you the moment that that Mike uh the moment that Mike I turned on Mike and I was like, you know what? Turned for the worst or the uh, best? For the best. Okay. He started out bad. Okay. The minute he put that drill into into freaking Sportsmaster, <laughs> right? I was like, oh, shit, all right, you're a little badass. And it, it like <laughs> He it went from him being at his worst to him being at his best, like in a matter of of minutes. Because I was just like, "Will you just go look at his freaking robot and quit playing with that drill, you piece of shit, <laughs> you petulant ass!" And then like it just switched. It's like, "Oh, you're a badass! Yeah, you took down freaking Sportsmaster with a freaking drill in his back. Like, yeah, peg that kidney." 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what's sad though? I, I because of because of my recent life experiences, it, it, things will occur to me. So I'm I'm watching that scene the whole time. I'm watching. I'm like, they just peeled the Black and Decker sign off that. That's just a Black mm-hmm. and Decker drill. Like I own that drill. Yeah. I noticed that too. <laughs> I know exactly. I know exactly what that is. Uh huh. I don't think anybody else makes that color drill. Uh huh. Nothing I know of. No, I knew the drill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, what you got? You got anything else? Because I'm pretty done. Um, if you haven't seen the show, I don't know why you listen I to all this. I look it up. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Let me see. What was that song I was kind of bitching about? Oh yeah, because because you said it was like like the worst, like the most cheesiest minute or the cheesiest five minutes you've seen or, or something like it, that. It at was the end of it. I mean. Uh, Let's see. End Stargirl song. I'm doing it on my phone. You may be able to type it faster. I mean, they played Hanson in the end credits. Oh, that was a that was egregious. Why? That wasn't. Oh, uh, because that song helped uh, Jeff Johns get through his sister's death. Oh, fuck. You had to give it a decent reason. God damn it. That's what he said. That's why it played in the first episode as well. I had that song in my head the rest of the night. I was not happy about it. Oh, tune find. Hey, that sounds that sounds promising. How does that? I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Look, the man grieved, and I'm not trying to judge it. I'm just. I have to wonder, like, how does that help? I don't get it. Oh, there's Mbop. Oh, better than Ezra. Yeah, it was. I was. I was thinking it was an old song. Woo. Mm. So, um, not a fan okay. of myself. Je- Jeff Johns for Mbop says that song meant something to me when my sister passed away because it was such a bright, cheery song about how people are in your life and then they disappear as mm. quick as lightning. They're gone. I always was struck by that song because it's such a fun pop song and yet has a very emotional meaning to it. If you listen to the lyrics, that's why I chose that. People won't really know what uh, people won't really know, but that's why that's what he said. <sighs> I mean, it- he may have looked into the meaning of that song more than any other human in the planet, including the Hansons. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, didn't I, I have it. a memory of that song myself. And uh, um, for me personally, it was the first song that I ever gritted my teeth and pretended I liked to impress a girl. Well, that's just sad. Grow some balls, man. Well, you know. I was, it was early days. I was just trying to make it work. <sighs> I guess it was better than Ezra. I don't really know the song. I don't, I don't know this song. I just I remember mean, it. The mind. song says, literally, you have so many relationships in this life. Only one or two will last. You go through all the pain and strife. Then you turn your back and they're gone so fast. And they're gone so fast. So yeah. hold on to the, so hold on the ones who really care. In the end, they'll be the only ones there. And when you get old and start losing your hair, can you tell me who will still care? Ooh, okay. Well, it's this, this, this not actually terrible. Uh, and at the end, it says, plant a seed, plant a flower, plant a rose. You can plant any one of those. Keep planning to find out which one grows. Hmm. I mean, that's like his whole career. Is it ter- <laughs> Yeah. Is it terrible that I don't think those are terrible lyrics? Uh, I mean, you know, it's all I, subjective, man. Yeah. You know, oh. Enjoy it if you want. I mean, it's fine. I I think it's a little like simplistic, imagine but writing also, something that had that had some poignancy like that, and then and then deciding well, what are we going to do for the chorus? I don't know. Mbop, ba do ba dop dop do wop, whatever it is. I don't know. Ba do ba Um. Oh, just. Oh God! Uh, there's this one section where it says, "In a mbop, they're gone. In an mbop, they're not there." In a mbop, they're gone. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Until you lose your hair. Like, oh, my God. That's depressing. Oh. So they were trying to make mbop a measure of uh, a, a time, like a unit of time measurement, I guess. Like the way yeah. Quibi tried to make uh, 10 minutes a Quibi. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've now gone from feeling like, like they wanted this... people to be in a in an interrogation and be like, and what happened next? Well, officer, I I turned my head to the left and Mbop, he was gone. Yeah, you know, I I think uh... you say it was just one Mbop, just one unit of Mbop. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I've like I think this. I think now they're they may they may have been geniuses. <laughs> They like couched this really meaningful song 
into like a freaking you know stupid pop song yeah that's like super catchy and everyone's just like walking around singing it thinking it's just like the most cheerful bullshit thing ever and like no they're singing about how you're gonna lose everyone you love (laughs) i mean it's like they it's like they knew the fate of their music career before they ever really got started like no let's just do like they Let's just totally. They, they could have released that say, and that they could have released that uh, that whole thing, and then later had a, a radio DJ at the time ask him, "So, uh, what do you guys see next?" And, well, I think what we got an Mbop or two. Uh, don't mm-hmm. see us lasting very long. I don't think the second album's going to go very long at all. I, if, if we release it, even. Yeah, I mean, they had a few hits, but you know, I don't know. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> oh God. Devoted too much time I, like, to I'm, handsome. I'm now. glad it helped him. It was a it was a hard time for him. That's it, a it was genuinely a tragic event. I just uh, <clears throat> I just yeah, don't I mean, understand. You you would think he would be a little more sympathetic to people who uh, you know have also lost someone recently. But you know whatever. <laughs> that that aside. Um, okay, so before that though, before that was I guess it I guess it was better than Ezra, which was uh, it. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know who it was. I don't know them very much. I just know that in the times that I've run across better than Ezra, we didn't get along very well. Okay. So, but I also do remember that that was like high school for us. Um, mm-hmm. back, but that was back in the day. So I guess it was probably some other meaningful song. I, I don't know. I don't. I I don't listen to better than Ezra. I don't either. Now I'll tell you this though, without having, with no context, I, I my surmise. Because I was watching the last couple minutes of of this uh, of this show, and it, it there was just there's a moment where like she's flying around, you know, they have the mm-hmm. little Christmas thing. Um, it's all very touching. Uh, it was a good it was a good wrap up. Um, and then the you know the staff wants to you know go stretch its legs. Great, okay, cool. Um, looks very cold for that uniform, but whatever. Um, the 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 the, <laughs> the energy from the cosmic staff is keeping her warm. I had to presume because that was. Because it looked quite frigid, but they start playing the song that I that sounded to me like a song from when I was in high school, a song that I wouldn't have liked even in high school. Like it sounded like some Three Doors Down kind of shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I just immediately I think that's, was like, yeah. I think that's why it reminded me of Smallville in a lot of ways. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I yeah. liked it. I liked it all because I was like, ah, this feels like Smallville again. Yeah, it's got that nostalgic feel to it. Yeah, I, I get. I could see that. But it's I didn't like make sitting that up high, so. looking out on like a small town, some shitty '90s shit is playing. I mean, <laughs> sitting somewhere completely unafraid of heights. Yeah, um, <laughs> shitty '90s song in the background. Yeah, check, check. Yeah, like I, I was watching it though, and I just had a moment about sixty seconds into that finale, to that, to her flying around, and the, I was just like, man, this this feels like it's going on for a minute, and then it just kept going, and then. Uh, uh, Luke Wilson. Um, <laughs> Stripe comes. Yeah, Pat comes to join, and and then that scene kind of goes on for a little. Like it felt stretched out, and the reason I say that is because it felt like they stretched the scene out enough to have played the whole song, or substantially have played the song. Mm-hmm. I, enough that I kind of thought, you know what? I know, I know what I know what the show means to Jeff John. So I was kind of wondering if there was like a connection to that song that he, for some reason wanted to make me listen to that whole song as a result of, I don't know. Yeah. I, I do know. It just felt like that. That was like the one scene where I was like, okay, well I, I think I can wrap up here. Um, and you know, kept watching obviously just to see what happened and then, uh, was delighted by the stingers, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, I don't know. That scene felt awkward and stretched to me. <laughs> it was like, which was weird. Cause she it was just like a victory lap, but it just went on for forever. Yeah. It was a victory lap. It was definitely a victory lap. Uh, and the the basic idea is like there's a lot of pain in the world. And uh, as the bridge says, we'll keep on rising. Never going to stop. Keep on shining. Shining on. Is this the better than Ezra? Yeah. Okay. Going to be grateful every day. Make a little way. Then we'll ride it. Going to go shaking off the shame. Make a little way and we'll shine it. Shine it. Shine it on. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but that's basically it. Yeah, but there's not like a Cage the Elephant song or something that could have done the same thing. Or... <laughs> hey, man, look, the guy grew up in the 90s. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, I get it. I did, too. But <laughs> I've yeah, long I since mean, stopped listening to a lot of it. Well, I mean, I have my picks. Not all of it, clearly. You know, I, I you know, keep up with Foo Fighters and, and still enjoy that one third eye blind album. 
Yeah, the first one was pretty solid. <laughs> that first um, one was pretty good. A <laughs> uh, couple songs the, of second The second one, one wasn't that. Well, yeah. A <laughs> couple songs of second one. I mean, I, look, I do too. I devoured that Tool album when it came out last year. Devoured uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. Every note, front to back, over and over again. Like I did every other Tool album. I get it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I may not... I may not put that at the end of my show. Yeah. I mean, I've always said you were a complete tool. <coughs> this fan. is true. I am also like, uh, I have often been accused of being a, a musical elitist <laughs> and it is absolutely accurate. I've come to terms with it. Yeah. I get very snotty about shit like that. You do. Yeah. Hard. It's, it's weird. Yeah. I know. I've, I've learned to accept that. <laughs> it is a flaw yeah. over in my character over which I am virtually powerless. Yeah, you know, it. I the thing I hate is, you know, when you, you're like, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people who play music and who, who you know, know too much about music. So I can't really have a conversation with them. But like, I'll be like, I don't like that song. It sounds like, sounds like shit. I just don't like it. And they're like, no, actually, it's really technically good. It's like they explain all the intricacies and how it's way better than I'm giving it credit for. I'm like, fine. I just don't like it. Leave me alone. <laughs> Well, look, the counter melody thing, and they've got the plagal cadence at the end of the chorus, which actually they use later. Yeah, you are one of those people. Yeah. Um, Except you usually play into the elitist bullshit, and you're just like, yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, I appreciate being subversive a lot when when it comes to that kind of thing. Like, uh, you know, like when another little Beatles moment, when they were, um, you know, when they were recording early on and everyone said like, oh, just some pop bullshit or R&B back in the day when it was still called that because it hadn't kind of become its own thing in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's just bullshit, rock and roll, whatever. They got called whatever. Um, and then as their music and as their uh, their songwriting abilities got more and more complex, uh, suddenly they were they had music critics writing about uh, all these tricks they were using. They're like, I don't have no fucking idea what you're talking about. It sounded good. Fuck off. Uh, like it somewhat resented the critics later coming around to him, like, you know what? You weren't there for us when we started. You can fuck off now. Yeah. I used to have a boss who was just like, ah, oh, the Beatles were just nothing but a 60s boy band. Just like, <laughs> you know what? We're not talking anymore. <laughs> we cannot talk about music. You're not going to talk about music with me anymore? No. Nope. You've disqualified yourself. Nope. <sighs> I'm glad you like Batman. I'm glad you like some movies that we that I like. But you know what? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. We're not talking about music. It's like, how deep does the ignorance go? Like, what do you think about the Stones? Oh, they were a pretty good country band back in the day. <laughs> like, for real? Okay. I mean, yeah, they did some kind of westerns. Okay, well, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't need to get into that any further. Okay. <sighs> All right. Well, I think the same guy uh, that was like, oh, as soon as Bob Dylan picked up the electric guitar, oh, shut, 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 shut your face, shut your face. <laughs> Like Dylan, you know, ever since he sold out, what? Oh, you mean when he lost an audience because he decided I'm doing something different creatively? Yeah. Yeah. You mean when that happened? Oh. He got bored of of using uh, an acoustic as his primary instrument for uh, what, at that point, what, five or six records? Yeah. Uh, Anyway. It's one of my favorite bits is when, you know, they're like, he started integrating more and more love songs into his albums before he even did the electric stuff. And someone asked him why he doesn't want to do protest songs anymore. And Dylan just goes, all of my songs are protest songs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Especially the sellout vibe is just, what are we doing here? Yeah. Go listen to those love songs. They're really protest songs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, we need to wrap this up. Sounds good. Um, oh, uh, they, I, hmm? I, I can sum up that with uh, with a with a with a tool lyric actually. <clears throat> um, I Get sold it out right long. Now. Yeah, hold on. I sold out long before you'd ever known my name. I sold my soul to make a record dipshit, and then you bought one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <clears throat> and that'll do. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed. This installment of DC on screen. You can find every episode at dconscreen.com. I say that, but some of the links don't work in the older episodes. I'm sorry. I'm working on that. Technical error recently brought to Dave's attention and he's on it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. Um, yeah. I can tell That's you it. very quickly mm-hmm. the one thing I'm, I know I'm not looking forward to next season, just as a final. What's that? The ads on CW. 
<laughs> yeah, they're saying that like it's not going to change the show at all being on CW, but you know, we'll see. I mean, if the content remains the same, that's great. Um, yeah, and I, I, I don't necessarily have any reason to think that it couldn't stay the same. I don't think it's by any stretch doomed. I just know that I'm going to have to watch those commercials because that's how they roll, and I have mm-hmm. not seen any any hint of change from uh, the from from anybody at CW that they're going to change that anytime soon. So th- right, that's what we're in for, guys. That's what we're doing. But I like the show, so I'll yeah. I'll do it. Well, I'll do the same thing I always do. I mute it during um, the commercials and, you know. Yep. Uh, I do want to remind everybody that I do the Star Trek Universe podcast. They're currently uh, airing uh, Star Trek Lower Decks weekly. Um, we've still got something like 21 consecutive weeks of Star Trek, of new Star Trek uh, with Lower Decks. And then they're picking up Star Trek Discovery right after that. And then nice. they start playing that weekly. So uh, Star Trek Ucast, uh, Star Trek Universe podcast that I do with Matt Carroll of the MCU cast. And um, Bethany and I, my wife Bethany and I, are still doing the Breaking Bond podcast. So if you're a James Bond fan, we are watching all of those movies and uh, doing review segments. And uh, I think tonight we are recording um, The Spy Who Loved Me from 1977. So... That should be up by the time you're listening to this, whoever you are out there. Mm-hmm. And, Later, uh, we edited it into The Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> no. <laughs> they, did, they, they did that all in post. Anyway. Only took 20 to $30 million worth of reshoots to get that booted. Mm-hmm. Until next time, y'all. Keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.